welcome to Unearthing You, a place where women come together to have honest, raw, and deep conversations about the things that happen as you're going through growth, up-level, and expansion. I am your host, Chelsea Sillabon, bringing you a beautiful rendition of my love. Enjoy! Welcome back to yet another heart-centered conversation on the Unearthing You podcast. I am so, so happy that you're back here listening to yet another amazing episode, or if this is your first time, welcome to this wonderful community. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you have a chance to win a 45-minute one-on-one coaching session with me simply by leaving a readings and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, This podcast is so new and so itty-bitty right now, and leaving your ratings and review is just going to help it grow and reach that many more people, and I would just be so, so, so grateful and happy to read what you are taking away from it. So head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave your ratings and review for your chance to win, and the last day to enter will be December 6th, and I will be announcing the episode, or announcing the winner, rather, in the episodes that follow. Um, so just stay tuned if you leave your ratings and review. I also wanted to remind you that this is the last week for early bird enrollment on the in Devoted Beauty. So... Make sure that you are sending me a message and setting up a connection call before Friday the 29th so that um, so that you can snag that early bird deal. Um, this program was co-created with the universe and my heart, and it was delivered to you with such... Um, such love and grace, and I'm just so, so excited to be offering it to you. It's not just a program with a virtual experience, although that is part of it. It's it's also a retreat, so we'll be spending three days submerged um, with each other, loving on each other, working through all of our shadows and all of that good stuff, as well as 10 weeks um, in the virtual class. So, Yes, definitely want to snag that up. Um, It's for the woman who is really ready to be devoted to herself, her vision, her life, um, her voice. And it's also for the woman who is just ready to like see the beauty in herself, the inner beauty, and the beauty in other people. I'm very much a big proponent that beauty is an internal experience, not just an external um, thing that we share with each other. It's beauty first is radiated within. So, um, yeah, and then in this program, we're going to be working through creating safety within our body, really connecting to our body, bringing awareness to our shadows and all of these um, all of these like different habits and happenstances and beliefs and all of these things that we have within ourselves. And, and then we'll be going through the process of releasing ourselves and other people. And then once we kind of like go through that shedding process, then we'll start to tune into 
our own like love we'll start to tune into our own pleasures because I don't um you know it's hard to create something wonderful and beautiful and pleasurable when we have all this heaviness weighing us down so I'm so so excited to be offering this to you and um within the program we're going to be having two guest coaches and one of them was Kara uh, Corinne Safeli. She was on last week's episode. And then the second guest coach um, is going to be Ali. And she is appearing or featured in this week's episode. And she's going to be doing a womb clearing ceremony with us, the women in this space, and it's going to be so magical and beautiful. Um, at the time of this recording, or by the time this recording is released, I will have gone through my own womb clearing ceremony with Ali, and um, I'm just so excited to be sharing that experience with you guys. So let's talk a little bit about who Ali is. Ali Canales is an embodied leadership and business coach, womb shaman, and voice for female empowerment and sacred expression. Her work guides women to come home to their feminine power to lead their lives and businesses from their full self-expression and magic. Ali creates a sacred space for women to reclaim their feminine power and ignite their womb's wisdom to lead from alignment and create businesses and lives fueled in pleasure, play, and luxury. She teaches female leaders to increase their impact and lead with depth and wholeness. And it is such an honor to have her here today with us. It's such she has, holds such beautiful and sacred space, and I know that you're going to get as much from this episode as I did, so without further ado, let's get started on this week's episode. Hello, and today we have Allie on our podcast. Um, I'm so excited to have you here and to be in your energy and to learn all about the menstrual cycle and how we can better support ourselves through that. Mm, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I know that this is like your zone of genius. And so, yes. Um, so the first question I always like to ask my guests is, what are you unearthing in your life? Mm. I love the question. I feel like it's um, very timely, something that I've been asking myself as well. So I've re- lately I've been really unearthing um, lots of these like deep old patterns um, that are really kind of block me from really stepping into uh, leading from my core expression on a, a deeper level. And I think that a lot of the things that I've unearthed over the years and all patterns kind of bring me closer to that core expression of who I am. But lately, um, the way it's been showing up is really deepening into worthiness and repattering that, you know, feeling of not being good enough. Um, so that's what's been unearthing in the past few months. And it's been a really beautiful process to see all of the little layers of that shadow world under or kind of coming up to unearth itself and to be alchemized. Mm, yeah, that is truly beautiful. And I think there's a lot in the energy right now of like the universe that's really calling us to look at these patterns of like 
unworthiness and how they're showing up. Because I, I know for myself and for a lot of people that I've talked to, that's like a reoccurring theme, something that's continuously showed up. So how, um, how I guess, just natural that we connect when we're both kind of unearthing the same thing in our lives. So mm-hmm. yes, I would agree. So, um, so we're going to talk today about the, the menstrual cycle and how we can support ourselves through that because I, you know, for myself, I haven't, I wouldn't say that I'm very knowledgeable in it. Like I was just like, yeah, I have a period and that's the extent of what I know. Um, but there are different like energies and, um, things that go into it. And so I'm really excited to bring this conversation so that we can, all learn as a collective how to support each other, whether you're a woman listening to this and learning how to support yourself and the other women in your space, or you're a man listening to this, learning how to support the woman in your space. Um, I just feel like it's such an important topic to be sharing. So um, thank you so much for being here and for sharing, for being willing to share this and to talk about this and for doing the work that you do, so. Mm, Thank you so much. I'm excited to chat about it. So um, before we dive into all of that, let's let's talk about kind of you and your story and kind of how you got to this place of of really connecting to your womb. I know you have a course, I believe it's called Womb Alchemy. Um, yes. Yeah. And so just like how you kind of got to that place of of knowing that that's what you needed to create and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, it's funny because Womb Alchemy really... <laughs> the, the day that I actually decided to launch it was kind of um, from a little bit of, I guess, what would be the right word? A little bit of, it kind of ta- was tapping into that like feminine archetype of the huntress, which in um, her duality, a part of her like medicine is like rage and anger and passion for things that you want to change in the world. Um, so it was birthed from that place. And really just seeing how so much of our culture does not appreciate or understand the menstrual cycle. And I had had an experience birthing that course where um, I was, I, I guess what, I guess what would be the right words to articulate it? Um, That the menstrual cycle was shamed um, by another woman that I had known. And I was really upset with her in particular, the situation And then I realized that I can't even necessarily be upset with her or necessarily really too angry with her because in our culture, in our day and age, no one really, a lot of the history around the sacredness of the menstrual cycle or even female bodies have not really been taught or revered or worshipped or, you know, most of us women do not know how to even work with the energetics of our female body. So that's kind of the place that it births from and how I dove into this work um, was kind of like a it's a it's a very long long story but to paraphrase it was I had done many years of you know plant medicines like ayahuasca and what through healing like my eating disorder and my depression and all of the different tools and modalities that um I guess were supporting me to do that like plant medicines and yoga and you know, mindfulness and nutrition, I had not experienced anything more profound than coming home to the sacredness of the mechanics of what happens in the female body. And one of those, you know, aspects is working with the menstrual cycle. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot deeper into it, but 
I found this profound healing in working with the body because I feel like for so many years, and I see it even play out in lots of themes and like different entrepreneurs or women in general, is that a lot of the times where we can look for things outside of ourselves to heal us. And, you know, our bodies, especially when we come home to working with those men's, the menstrual cycle and the our, cy- our cyclical nature, we can really learn to tune into how to flow more efficiently. We have this built-in um, reset system in our bodies. And I found it very profound when I actually started working with my internal flow and saw such amazing breakthroughs in how my energy shifted externally as well. And I realized, um, you know, I guess the invitation to come home to my womb was really through healing sexual trauma that I was holding there. And it was just this constant invitation to allow the disassociation that I was a form of, you know, having trauma. And this, my womb was always calling me home to feel really safe in my body again, which translated into me birthing this course, Womb Alchemy, which explores the menstrual cycle and sacred feminine sexuality and healing your hormones and all the kind of different aspects of like, you know, healing your womb. Um, But the menstrual cycle is such a huge, huge part of it because as women, when we really learn to work with like our intuitive flow with that's built into our bodies, we can flow so much more efficiently externally as well. Mm, Yeah, that's all so beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing. I, I personally couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, I haven't, I feel like there's different stages and different ways that we can connect to our body, but I know that for me, connecting to my body, um, womb aside, I've been able to go deeper within myself and my own healing. And also just because of that, like been able to connect with people deeper. And this next stage for me to connect with my body is through the womb. And so I just, you know, this, um, this conversation comes at like the most opportune time, I guess would be the right word to say, or the most perfect time. Um, I feel like for a lot of people, because a lot of people are like kind of waking up to this idea that we aren't, that we all don't do things exactly the same way. And that we, when we start to tap into that, like our unique energy of like how we interact with people, then we start to like wake up to these different things. And I think within our womb, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but, mm-hmm. um, but within our womb, we, we hold um, unique codes or unique patterns about how we can um, just connect deeper with ourselves, connect deeper with other people and just um, be within our own energy. Yeah, completely. Because our womb is like our life force energy, if you think about it biologically, whether you choose to have a baby or not as a woman, um, you still have that life force energy. And I like to call that life force energy like a woman's radiance, Um, you know, her magnetism, if you will, which I use a lot because it is like her magnetism, her allure, her her, um, you know, her life force energy. And, you know, that magnetism isn't necessarily like, it's, it's an energetic frequency. So when we really learn to tap into this frequency, um, our wombs welcome us into like the deepest of our core expression, uh, especially if you think about like when we were inside of our mother's wombs, a majority of us, 
inside of our mother's wombs, we were really connected with spirit, like connecting with the universe, connected with God or whatever you want to, you know, you want to call it. And we were very deeply connected to just being, right? So being and leading from our core expression. So when we return home to our core power center, our radiance, our life force energy, we also are being invited into really connecting to our core being. And I really find this within all of my clients within Will Alchemy um, is that one of the things that, um, yeah, every single woman that's gone through the course has said is like, they've never felt so safe to show up in their expression. And it's also that, you know, the womb center is something that a lot of women have had trauma around. So when we kind of come back to this place, we are reclaiming this space for ourselves, whether you've had trauma in this lifetime um, or past lifetimes, it's also something we as women feel because there's, you know, every woman has like her own womb, but through our own wombs, we're connected to what I call the cosmic womb, which is like the womb consciousness of the world, um, which kind of holds like feminine consciousness or the feminine collective, as you will. All right, it's that big, almost like cosmic pelvic bowl of female energy, and we're all connected to it. So even if you haven't experienced trauma yourself in your body, there you feel it. Um, you may feel it in your body just because we're all deeply connected, especially as women. So when we're starting to kind of reclaim the space within our bodies, we're also reclaiming space for safety. And there's something that really shifts and happens when a woman really feels safe to show up in her expression um, and feel safe in her body. There's this, um, that magnetism, that life force energy is turned on. So she can really thrive. She can play in her bigness. She can, you know, lead her life in the way that she desires and not, you know, squash her light or dim her light. Mm, yeah all all so beautiful and informative and um yeah mm. the next thing I really want to bring bring our like our conversation to I guess would be just what are the stages of of the menstrual 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 oh my gosh words <laughs> what are I know there's four stages but what are the four stages and if you could just give us like a brief overview and then maybe we can go into them a little bit um deeper after that but yeah yeah for sure so obviously the one that most people know are you know your bleeding phase so that's when you are bleeding. It usually lasts between one to seven days um and it's important to know also like these things I'm always a big advocate for people tracking their cycles um, and not just on an app. Like I use an app. However, I think it's really important to get um, deeper with it um, and really connected with it. So I think it's good to use a combination of like an app. And if you are using an app, just make sure to use like really descriptive words and you know, some that you're actually like analyzing the data or reflecting on the data, especially for like when you're bleeding. Um, and it's going to go through with all of the phases too. So when you're bleeding, um, that's the first phase. And then the second phase um, is when you're kind of like in pre-ovulatory time, it's your follicular phase. 
Um, and your energy is going to start to pick up a little bit more because it's almost like your menstrual cycle when you are bleeding. It's like you come home to yourself. It's your reset button. It's kind of like, um, like a period retreat almost where you kind of come home to yourself. It's the restart of that cycle. So then you have, after that, you have your follicular phase where your energy is starting to come back up. You're in pre-ovulation. And then you have your ovulatory stage, um, which is most people's or most women's favorite phase because your face gets more symmetrical, you're feeling really confident because your body biologically is going into like baby making, like I got to find a mate, like reproduce, like your body just naturally goes into that state. Um, and then on an energetic level, you feel obviously like a bit more, um, you know, confident and radiant. And then you move into the luteal phase, which most women commonly known as like your PMS phase, um, right before your period where you're a little bit more sensitive because if you think about it, your menstrual cycle acts as that natural reset button and the womb acts as that life force energy. And as women, we really are energetic sponges. Um, and then on top of it, I'm sure lots of your listeners are empaths um, or you know, people that are very sensitive to energy. So if you think about that luteal phase, the reason why it gets such a bad rep is because you are more sensitive and, you know, maybe a little bit more insecure, or maybe a little bit more moody than usual, but it's just sensitivity. Um, so you're going to feel a little bit more sensitive. So those are the four phases um, and they rotate every single month. And it's really important to start tracking what, I guess, how those phases and how those things show up for you because every woman there's like a a baseline foundation of you know what happens during those phases but every woman's cycle is so different and especially if you factor in like the season of life a woman is in or you know what's going on and the more that you start tracking your own data the more that you're going to be able to have this like blueprint um to create your own like flow framework Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. So when you when you say tracking, do you mean like, um, I mean, there's different ways that you could do it. But what I'm just like the picture I'm getting is like having a calendar and writing kind of down every single day, descriptions of kind of what's going on. So you can kind of figure out um, how long each of these four phases are for you. So you can um, better support yourself. Is that kind of what you mean by tracking? Yeah. And my, one of my favorite tools, I can actually like maybe give you the link, Chelsea. Um, one of my favorite ways to do it on paper is it's called the moon calendar and I'll link it in the description. Um, or like give Chelsea the link to put in the description. <laughs> and it's, a beautiful calendar and it, it does work with those phases of the moon as well because we are you know the menstrual cycle is connected to the moon phases um and they connect to all different moon phases and archetypes and all of those kinds of things which is like a very long conversation to get into but we can just focus on like the primal energies behind those because that's what really is like i think the most foundational work but that's what i yeah a good introduction to tracking and then if you wanted to throw in like um tracking your cycle as a form of birth control again that's like a bigger conversation mm -hmm. but um on paper i always recommend people to do that because one i think it's i think it's just a more deeper intimate way and i find that when women start tracking on paper especially with this moon calendar that i've been using for years it 
creates a lot of deeper intimacy. Um, there's a lot more ritual to it than just being like tracking it on your phone. Um, there are, I do still recommend tracking it on your phone. So you do have some sort of, you still have data if you're out and about, or you don't want to bring your journal somewhere if you're traveling. However, I think to really like, like, reclaim it as a ceremony, um, which the menstrual cycle, especially when you're bleeding, it's a very sacred ceremony. I think it's a really beautiful way to track it, like actually physically and not just on your phone, um, especially for women that are using tracking their cycles as a form of birth control. I see a lot of women become accidentally pregnant because they've just been like, oh, well, it said that I was on this stage when if you're actually going to track your cycle as a form of birth control, there's many different components mm. to it. And it's not just about using your app. And I really re tell people, please don't rely on your app to tell you when you're fertile or not. Mm. Um, you know, there's lots of different body cues to do. So um, yeah, that's what I mean by tracking. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's um, definitely informative and uh, definitely send me that link because I want to look at it and I want other women to have access to it too. So perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know what I've heard from, from like listening to other people and kind of being in conversation with some people is that like during the bleeding phase of, of your cycle, it's really important for you because you are kind of, um, I guess like restart resetting your body for you to more to be more focused inward and to um allow yourself to like rest and to listen to what your body needs instead of forcing yourself to do things. I mean that's true I think in in every your everyday life. Um but I guess especially what I've heard especially during that time like I've even heard of some female entrepreneurs um not working during that week uh, like they take that week off and they just really like make it a ceremony with themselves. So I'm just curious on like within that first phase, what is some general advice for either the entrepreneur or not the entrepreneur um, so that they can really start to tune into like that ceremonial part of their bleeding? Yeah, I think first, um, the like you said, it's like th that foundational time for when you're bleeding, um, it is a time of like inward introspection and reflectiveness because it is like resetting your body. Um, but that's why it's really important to do like the inner work around, these are foundational things, but that's why tracking your own cyclic rhythm is really important because there are some times on my menstrual cycle and when I'm bleeding that I don't feel like it's supportive to do any work for the week. And then there's other times where I have an abundance of energy and creativity. And all I want to do is like be outward with my energy. And that's not from a place of force. It's from a place of my menstrual cycle is my, like my bleeding phase is really supporting me to be creative. So I think that's why it's really important to, and that's what inside of womb alchemy, I always tell the girls, like everything I'm giving you is a template and like foundational things, but really you and your, your womb is your teacher. Um, and the way that she's going to guide you, the more that you lean into trusting her is when you reclaim your cyclic rhythm, because it's so different for every single woman. Um, but the foundational things, it really is that like, it's, it's connected with the season of winter, right? So there's that hibernation period. 
And always, usually the first two to three days, I will take more time off of work than normal. Or if you, I mean, for people that aren't entrepreneurs that don't have the luxury of like taking time off of work, um, just making sure that I support myself with that extra self-care. Um, and that comes within tracking, right? Knowing when your cycle is going to come so you can kind of set up your lifestyle to support you during these phases. Um, so some things that I really like to do is really set an intention because during your menstrual cycle on a bio, like on a physical level, like your uterine lining is literally shedding and you're also shedding the energy of which you've accumulated over that cycle. So setting an intention of what you desire to shed is really a beautiful practice to just start coming into inviting your menstrual cycle like a ceremony and inviting it in um, in that energy to really support you um, for whatever you're wanting to like you asked me at the beginning what are you unearthing so it's almost it's really powerful to ask yourself those kinds of questions of what you desire to shed during that phase because your body quite literally is shedding and there's an there's an energetic element to it as well where you know what are you desiring to shed what are you desiring to release and you know throughout that phase um your bleeding phase just making that intention of you know almost a visualization of every kind of drop of blood that you're shedding imagining it releasing any old patterns or situations that might have you know caused stress during the past cycle or really reflecting um again this comes back to tracking too mm-hmm. if you're tracking and maybe some you know a big stressor happened um when you were in your ovulatory stage um that's something that you may want to shed like energetically during your bleeding phase. So it's like you have this whole database of like what really does your body need to best support yourself um, based on your own cyclic rhythm of what happened in that, in that previous cycle. Mm, Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I think um, I like that you kind of related it to the season of winter, you know, Mm -hmm. tends to be when we do spend a little bit more time indoors, but then there are those days that are really nice outside that we get to go out. And so it's just like paying attention, I guess, to the internal weather of what your body is really telling you and um, allowing that to guide you. That's, um, it's beautiful, really great visual for me. Um, Yeah, and I think, you know, as we're recording this, I am actually in my bleeding phase and, I've noticed, you know, in the, usually um, I'm, I haven't tracked my period. I kind of just use the app. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I've noticed this time around is that I feel more energetic than I have in the past. And um, so I guess like in some ways I've been limiting myself because I haven't really been tuning into what energy is being brought to the surface here. So um, thank you for sharing that and for bringing that to like – to me so that I can reflect back on, on kind of the ways that I'm limiting myself. But yeah. So the next phase is the, is it the follicular phase? Yeah. The follicular phase. Okay. Um, And that's the pre-ovulation. So what's kind of like the general, I know you kind of said it before, but um, like the general theme within that, um, within that phase and kind of how can we best support ourselves there because we're going through this big shedding and then we're kind of I guess like I imagine like coming out on the other side of that shedding and so how would you say to best what would be the best way to support ourselves there yeah so the season um 
that is connected with your pre-ovulation or your follicular phase um, is spring. So you're coming out of that winter, um, that hibernation, you're coming into spring. So if we kind of start taking the elements of like spring, there's that kind of newfound energy. You're starting to pick back up that energy. It's kind of similar to your ovulatory stage, but your ovulatory stage is like summer where it's like full blown, like everything's in bloom, the sun is out, like most people really love summer, like if you're feeling really good and, you know, there's um, that like extra boost of confidence where spring is like almost like preparation for that. So you're going to start to feel your energy, you know, picked back up. It's a really good time to, um, you'll start to notice yeah, with that new energy of like, what do you want to prep for? Like, what do you want to bring in? And the, the like the ovulatory stage and because the whole follicular phase kind of moves into the ovulatory stage as well, but they're slightly different. It's like almost like there's the first phase where it's like pre-ovulatory and then like the second phase, which is like when you're actually ovulating. So their energies are very, very similar, but you would think of this phase as like you're prepping of like, okay, you're building up this energy again. Like what do you, what plans do you want to make when you have your full blown energy? So for me, I often make sure I know that I always have a ton of energy, no matter what the cycle of my life is in. Um, I always have a ton, a ton of energy when I'm ovulating. So during my like pre-ovulation, I might be like, okay, like what seeds do I want to plant? Like what projects do I want to start when I have the energy when I'm actually ovulating? Um, so that's kind of the self-care that you can think of. And you're going to start to notice you're going to start to notice like this natural shift in energy where you're kind of like picked back up, especially like after you're done bleeding and shedding, um, your body feels really renewed. So this is like a good time to start doing like more active workouts and start getting out there again. And, um, it's like a preparation. That's really what I feel like it is like the preparation almost for like the projects and the seeds that you want to plant. So, like if if you think of spring, it's like things are starting to come back into bloom after that winter. So really what creative projects are, you know, what's starting to bloom again after that shedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love, so I'm assuming that like each phase of the, um, of the cycle relates to the different seasons so then the last phase I don't remember the name of it so you'll have to remind me so that last phase before you go into bleeding again would be related to fall yeah okay Okay. that's awesome I didn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah they all have different archetype I I mean I go like very deep into this inside of womb alchemy but um they all have different archetypes attached to them and different moon phases and it's like a lot of information so I won't share it all on here but they do have seasons like that are connected to them as well so they kind of this is why like the more that we're connected to our inner seasons, the more that we also become connected to our outer seasons as well. Or I even find vice versa. Like when you start connecting to like earth's medicine, um, you start really connecting to these like seasons within you as well. Like we're cyclical and we really mirror nature a lot of the time. Mm, yeah, that's so true. I found that more and more too, just like with myself that, like the way that we go through our healing process and all of that kind of stuff is kind of the way that the earth goes through the seasons and that all that kind of stuff. So very interesting. So um, during the pre-ovulation and the ovulation, they kind of come together. 
to to form one of like the pre-ovulation is like what are you wanting to create and then I'm assuming like the ovulation would be like the actual creation of it yeah like the active action of it um especially because like when you're ovulating you become so much more a lot of women feel like on top of the world um and it's funny too like the face even becomes more symmetrical like your body kind of does like a weird shift as well because your body is getting ready to like mate and like make a baby and that's when you're the most fertile so that's why it's like also important to track of like well when are you fertile especially if you want to use it as a method of birth control because um if you are preventing pregnancy um don't want to have, you know, mm-hmm. or you're, you'd want to be more careful when you're ovulating because that's when you're fertile. So your body is fertile in a physical way, but it's also very fertile, like on an energetic level as well. Like, what do you really want to put into action? So this is when I actually, like for entrepreneurs, it's a really great time to launch programs because you're a lot more confident. You're going to be able to take a lot more bold moves or it's good for public speaking times or say you want to ask someone out on a date or have a difficult conversation like these are great times to use that extra bit of confidence to like um get shit done or like get things done that you will need that extra push of boldness to support you Mm, yeah I love that you related this like this um this phase to like a good time to launch because I'm in the middle of a launch right now and I launched it like just before I started bleeding Mm. and so I noticed a lot of like shadows come up and I'm sure in that last stage that's um what tends I I mean I I could be wrong but just by guess is that that last stage tends to be where that shadow comes up where like they like present themselves to us so that we can kind of start to shed them in the bleeding um so it's just like, it's, it's really interesting. And I wish that I would have known this before I went into the launch because I would have um, just felt 10 times more like excited and confident about it. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep that in mind for next time I launch something, but. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very helpful. I found like you can obviously launch whenever you want to. I've just found, um, especially like with, business owners that, you know, I just have some, like, I work a lot with, like, female leaders, and a lot of them, like, have little, like, small fears about launching things, and nervousness, and all this stuff, but I find that there's a lot less of that when they do it when they're ovulating, because they just feel like a badass, and Mm. it really connects to that archetype of, like, you know, um, like that real queen like energy almost or that you know it's a it's like the holding yourself really with like the most confidence and it it helps support those things that you need that extra boldness for courage mm, yeah and that totally makes sense that that part is related to summer because when I think about summer I think of of people really going out there and like doing all of the things like really um getting together with friends more getting you know like um, just like being more connected to nature because the weather's nicer so you can kind of go outside more and things like that and so that totally makes sense that um, that, that stage is one related to summer and then two that, um, that that's like the action stage that that's where we learn to to go for the things where we bring in more of that I guess you could say masculine structure to our um, to our lives so that we can start to take action and all of that. 
Um, yes. Perfect. And then um, can you remind me of the name of the last cycle? Yes, um, the, the luteal phase. The luteal phase, okay. Um, so the same thing there what will kind of be the general overview and things, like good things for people to know uh, for that. Yeah, so the luteal phase is really, a t it's like the connection to autumn. So if you think about it, like all the leaves start to fall off in autumn. And there's like a, that process starting to kind of prep for winter, like shed, like what no longer needs to be on it. Um, it's a phase where I feel like a lot of women have a hard time with, and it really deeply connects to that archetype of the wild woman, where our energy may be a little bit more, uh, what's the word? Like, just a little bit more erratic, because mm -hmm. we're a little bit more sensitive. Um, and I always find that really interesting to know that that archetype is associated with this phase because the wild woman has been really suppressed in our culture too, like the wildness, the untamedness, kind of like the undomesticated, like there's just like a wild nature to it. Um, and the luteal phase gets like a lot of shame too. Like if you think about our culture, a lot of it's like, oh, maybe she's just like PMSing or like, it's kind of like where women are really shamed for, you know, having a lot of emotions. But if you think about it, it's almost like, there's this rise in our hormones that like gets us to our peak of ovulation and then it drops us in to a different phase. Like the energy kind of just drops. Um, and just a note though, like it is not normal to have like severe or it's nor it's common, but it's not like a sign of a healthy cycle. If you have like severe, severe mood swings and cravings and acne and all of this stuff, like it's, it's common, but actually having a healthy cycle, it's more like you're just more sensitive and you may be a little bit more tired than usual, but it shouldn't be like exhaustion or fatigue. Um, However, it also depends on like the stressors that you may have had in your ovulatory stage. And I find, I think I'm, a thing to note too um I see a lot of women do this is they'll make a bunch of plans in their ovulatory stage because they have a lot of energy and they forget that the next week that's coming is their luteal phase where they're probably going to be a little bit more tired and it doesn't help support this phase at all because if you are a little bit more tired and sensitive and then you've just jam-packed your schedule with all these things that you thought you would have had energy for because you planned them in your ovulatory stage. It's mm -hmm. not really supportive because fall and, you know, this, the luteal phase is kind of like the, sh the shadows are starting to come up because it's like the last phase of your cycle. So what energy have you like accumulated? This is a time to also prep into what you desire to shed, what your body has a, you know, what energy has really been like stagnant in your body, what's wanting to be, um, you know, emerging and surfacing so it can be shed for the next cycle so you can renew it. So I've, this like, it's a phase where a lot of people have trouble with, but really I find that the more that you accept yourself in the phase, the more it's not so challenging because I just, it's really interesting how this phase is really just a lot of women don't like it. And of course you're going to be more sensitive, but it's almost like they're not liking and embracing their shadow aspect. And the more that you resist your shadow, the more that it's going to persist. Mm -hmm. And if you're not really doing that shadow alchemy, the more that you're not going to be able to come into your full radiance and start again, that cyclic process. Yeah, that's, uh, that's tremendous. I love that. Like, 
I, I kind of chuckled when you said, or giggled, I guess, when you said that a lot of people tend to like make a lot of plans during that ovulation phase. And then the next week they're kind of like drained and mm -hmm. don't know what to do. They're like, I just made all these plans and now I don't want to do any, like, I don't want to do like 90% of them. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> something that like I've learned to like manage within myself is to just like set boundaries about like how I make plans, like not make them too far into the future and like really look at how, um, you know, like how much I'm putting on my plate and just like trying to find a good balance there. Cause I know that that can just be like a huge, um, a huge downfall, but yeah, that's, that's all beautiful. So what I wanted, I guess what I wanted to talk about next would be, um, there were two questions that I had, well, I guess three questions left for you. Um, the next one would be just like, if we do find kind of that we're in balance, because I'm assuming that each of these phases are typically about a week. I mean, they can differ a little bit from mm -hmm. person, but um, you know, if we find imbalances, like during that, um, I keep forgetting the name, the last phase, the, is it the luteal phase? The luteal phase. Okay. Yeah. The luteal phase. Um, so during that last phase, like I know for myself, um, and it's starting to like, I guess, regulate itself a little bit more now that I'm more tapped into my body. But I know before I got really tapped into my body, it was, um, really big PMS. Like I would have intense cravings that like I couldn't deny them. Um, I have, would have like huge acne breakouts right before bleeding, like all of these things, um, that, that aren't necessarily, that are more like intense. Cause obviously a little bit of it is, is normal, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. but to, for it to be super intense. So I guess what I'm trying to ask here is how can we, if we find that there's like some big imbalance, what would be like one thing that we could do to just kind of help bring our body back into balance with like our cycle? Would it be like going through all the phases and like tr starting to track? Like what would be your recommendation? Obviously just like a general idea because it would be different for everybody, but. Yeah, um, yeah, so one thing is getting clear on which hormones may be imbalanced because it may be your cortisol that's throwing things off. It may be your estrogen or it may be your pedestrian um, or your testosterone. Like it's, it also depends on which hormones may be imbalanced that are like causing the severity, um, which like would be unique for everyone. But it is there are so many resources online today where you can do like simple tests to see what you may be imbalanced in. Mm -hmm. So that would be first off. Um, second, if you do have, just because I know you were mentioning like intense cravings and stuff like that. Um, one thing, a lot of the times like women really crave like chocolate <laughs> around <laughs> their menstrual cycle. And a lot of the times women are craving chocolate because they're really craving magnesium, um, which our culture is very, a lot of us do not have enough magnesium in our diets. I would, I would argue like probably 98% of us do not have enough magnesium in our diets. So it's of course, you know, have some chocolate, if, you know, but also I have found 
when I started taking magnesium every day that I didn't even really have cravings at all. I used to be the person that would like intensely need like chocolate and ice cream right before my, (laughs) right before I started my period, even not, yeah, not even so much when I was on my period, but right before. And I found it interesting too, the food cravings because that was like the shadow alchemy time. And, you know, one of the ways that I used to cope when I was younger because I had an eating disorder was to like sometimes binge eat. Mm -hmm. So I found it really effective to introduce magnesium into my diet and it really helped. I think it completely like, I didn't, I don't really have cravings anymore. Um, I do find it like a nice ritual to have a couple pieces of dark chocolate because it does help. It does, they do have mag, especially dark chocolate. It does help cramps in some ways. Um, but having like a magnesium rich diet can really help. And, and it's a really effective for, you know, helping uh, promote like healthy, happy hormones. And also just, I mean, this is a whole conversation to get into, but there's different foods that are going to better support you during different phases of your cycle. So lots of like leafy greens, making sure that you're having those and are enough in your diet. Um, You know, basic things that are not going to disrupt your hormones. So making sure that you're having like whole foods and organic foods um, and eating like a well-balanced diet can help with those things. And yeah, the third is like tracking your cycle because then you can start collecting data and you can also start like scheduling and it's not planning your life around your menstrual cycle. And that's what I think sometimes people have like, oh, I don't have the time for that. But really, actually, when you start collecting the data, you build a flow framework for yourself. Um, and you can start to learn to work with those phases and actually how to best support yourself during those phases. Like you, like we we're talking about a simple way, you know, don't overschedule yourself and overextend yourself. Um, you know, when I'm bleeding, like I am, I'm on day three of my cycle right now because day one starts on the first day of your period and then it resets every single time you come to your period again. So I'm on day three. So I've been bleeding for three days. Um, I allow myself a lot of space when I'm bleeding to cancel plans because that feels really supportive to me. And also knowing when exactly my cycle is going to start, I can kind of plan that in advance for like, oh, you know, maybe one of my friends asked me like to go to a dinner party or something like three weeks in advance. And I'm like, you know what, I'm actually going to be probably menstruating during that week. Um, I'll, I'll probably tell her like, you know what, I'm, that's, that might not work for me. I also know my cycle really well. And I know in the first three days of my cycle, I'm very, I'm a lot more tired and I don't really like to be out too much. Um, however, if she were to ask me and it would just like the last couple days of my cycle, I might be like, yeah, okay, I can definitely do that. So working with tracking with your cycle so you can find that data as well to best support yourself. And, you know, and also is that in that connection to communicating with your womb space of what do you need to best support yourself? Because she's your guide. She's your teacher and all of this stuff are templates, but the real teacher in this is your womb and your body. Yeah. I think what was really coming up for me as you were talking was just that it's so important that we, I I think we touched on this at the beginning, but I just think it needs to be reset that it's so important that we normalize this cycle. And we notice that like when somebody says that they have really bad cramps and, um, you know, and they want to stay home or when somebody says that, you know, 
I'm, I'm feeling a little moody right now because I'm about to start my period instead of like making the joke about it, like actually just being like, oh yeah, like, you know, that can happen. And it's not, it's not something to judge. It's not something to like frown. Uh, yeah. It's not something to like judge. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the more that I mean, it's funny because the whole reason why Womb Alchemy was birthed was because um, I had the situation where I was helping out at the store um, and I um, had endometriosis or and have usually heavier bleeds or had had more like heavier bleeds um, because of an imbalance back in the day. And I had bled through my tampon and I can, was completely covered in blood. And I asked if I could go home so I could like have a shower because I had like blood all on me. And I, the manager um, said something along the lines of shaming me for one, like not changing my tampon and two, not carrying an extra pair of underwear in my bag and suggested that I just go into like the washroom and like clean myself up with a cloth. And I was like, oh my God, like this is like the most horrendous thing, how this, how the situation was handled. But really it's like the more that women are educated and empowered with the menstrual cycle, the like you that it's like it leaves more room for women to be compassionate with one another. Because um, if you think about it, if she had known how sacred the menstrual cycle was, that situation probably would have been handled so much differently. Mm-hmm. And giving your, you know, like when I have friends, like I'm kind of the go-to girl for all my friends with all of their womb and menstrual, you know, all of the female body things. So a lot of my friends know this about me, but I have also had to communicate with friends like and teach them like, this is something that's really important to me. So if I'm canceling plans on you, it's not anything about you. And it's beautiful because now with my intimate friends, like we are able to communicate like, Hey, I, you know, I'm actually just starting my bleed. I am feeling a little bit more sensitive. I, I, I'm going to cancel tonight, but like, and it's, it used to bother me like way, way back in the day when this work wasn't integrated. And now, you know, I always say it to the women inside of Womb Alchemy, if they can't make a call or if they need to go at a slower pace, you know, I always, and I think my friends, I say the same thing every time. Like, thank you for honoring yourself. Like, I hope you have like a good like ceremony with yourself or, you know, take care of yourself because that's really what a woman is doing. And that's what the menstrual cycle really teaches you, especially working with all the different phases how can you best support yourself? How can you best take care of yourself? And you shouldn't feel ashamed to do so because you're going to need different tools in every single different phase because we're cyclic in nature. What one, what might work one cycle might not work the next. What might work one week is not going to work the next because our bodies are constantly working through the cyclic process. So when women are really reclaiming that space within themselves, it's like deep honor and reverence for their bodies. And if, you know, we are shaming other women for doing so, we're, we're shaming parts of ourselves. And that's where it's like leave room for women to really play in their expression and thank themselves for really taking care of their bodies, especially in a culture and day and age where that's not really been celebrated or supported. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think that, um, Mm, that's all just like beautiful and I feel like this is like a good like rounded conversation about the menstrual cycle and how how we can support ourselves and how we can support each other and um you know when when you start tracking your your cycle and when you start 
leaning into these different phases and like really learning about yourself through your cycle. Um, I think what you said was really important that like you communicated with your friends, like before you had your period that like, this is important to me. This is like, if I cancel plans, it's, it's not anything on you guys. It's just really, this is really important to me. And I really, it's important for me to honor myself because I feel like having that conversation before you just like cancel plans is, is always an important conversation to have because you're, you're like showing them like, this is how you can also take care of yourself and set boundaries. And, um, like you're leading, I guess, leading by example, um, Mm, mm -hmm. and being really proactive instead of like very reactive. And when you're proactive, then it allows your relationships to also be more proactive and understanding and caring and nurturing, um, to that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's all beautiful and wonderful. And um, I guess uh, last question for you would just be like, if you could just, maybe if you think that, I mean, you've given us so much valuable information, um, but if you, if you could like, just tell somebody that is wanting to connect deeper to their womb space, um, what is one thing that you would tell them to just like start that work by themselves? Mm, yeah. Um, I feel like it's as simple as, you know, connecting with her and it might seem like, well, how do you connect with her? But it's, I think one of my favorite things to teach the women inside of Womalchemy is just meditating with her because she's really your guide and your oracle. Um, and like your teacher in in the space of like womb healing and you can have supportive people like people like me that help people like heal their wombs but even inside the work that I do with my women I'm always like you know listen to your womb um a good process to do that is like meditating with her like feels a little bit odd um a good practice is like writing a letter to her and letting her write a letter to you just to develop that relationship and that connection and allowing the space for her to have a voice um you know because the way that I lead my life and my business I'm like okay is it in consent with my womb you know which sounds so funny people are always like how like that doesn't you know because it's kind of like a weird idea but my womb really does run my business and my and my life in a way like what's in consent with her um but for her to really lead me I had to give space for her to have a voice and you know what is you know how what's her expression so I think it's a beautiful way to just start communicating with her is one meditating to write a letter to her let her write a letter to you and physically placing your hand on your womb as well especially if it's in an area that's had trauma it can feel a little bit scary to enter that space and that's why I do recommend working with someone especially if there's like trauma involved so you can have that supportive container but those are very simple ways that you can get in touch. And also, you know, I tell all of the women inside of Womb Alchemy that your womb alchemy or your womb healing journey isn't going to look like anyone else's, right? And what some, you know, for some women, they might have breakthroughs like right away. And for some women, it may take some time. It took me really like a good five to six years to get to the place I am now, which is like a very deep level. But for the first two years, it was just awkward meditations with her for a long long time and don't rush it because the more that you try to rush it and force it and control it the more that you're like 
probably in your like toxic masculine and the womb demands that you're in your sacred feminine and that you're in flow and surrender and if you're not if you're trying to force her to speak to you she's gonna be like homegirl this is not how it's gonna work like <laughs> allow the space for me to flow or else or else you're gonna try to force what she sounds like or how she's gonna guide you that's what I find a lot of women struggle with inside of womb alchemy they're like well, you, this, she has it like this, or you get guidance from your womb like this. And a lot of the time in that instance of trying to force her to speak to you in a certain way, you are, she's probably trying to talk to you and you're just like not allowing the, her full medicine to come up. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of that and for being here. Um, if anybody wanted to find out more about womb alchemy or the work that you do, I know that I have my womb clearing ceremony coming up in the next couple of days and I'm so excited for it. Um, Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, but if people just want to come and find you and learn more about you, where can we find you? Um, I would say definitely, um, on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's like my favorite place to hang out. Definitely send me a DM. I love having conversations. Um, especially when people, you know, when they listen to podcasts with me talking about their womb and something resonated with you. And I love hearing stories about what resonated or stories about your womb journey. Like I always love hearing, it just fills my heart. So that is probably the best way to stay connected with me. And then um, I have my Facebook group called Radiant Leadership Collective, um, which I do like feminine activation trainings inside of there. But if you want to get a hold of me, probably the best way is Instagram. That's like my favorite place to hang out. Perfect. I think I'm going to have to get into your group. So if you can send me a link to that, because I don't think I'm in your group. So <laughs> yes, come join. <laughs> and then I'll be sure to link both of those in the show notes so that you guys can just go and click on the link and find her and um, be enveloped in all of her, her beauty and wisdom. So Aww. yay. And I'll make sure to send Chelsea also the link for that moon um, calendar that I was talking about. Yeah. Because that's like a really beautiful way to track your cycle um, and also work with the moon energies. Mm. Yeah, please, please do. So um, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing this space with me. And um, I'm also really excited because Ali is going to be coming into Devoted Beauty, the group coaching program that I talked about at the beginning before um, we got into the episode. And she's just going to be, she's going to be a guest. She's going to, um, she's going to do a womb clearing ceremony with us. And uh, it's going to be beautiful and magical. And I can just it gives me chills just thinking about the healing that's going to happen just from that, that group healing ceremony. So mm, I'm so excited. I can't wait to support all of the women inside your container. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for tuning in to another beautiful episode of unearthing you. If you are loving the show and find value in it, I would be incredibly grateful if you head on over to iTunes to leave a review Please feel free to leave any suggestions or questions in your review or send an email to hello at chelseasyllabon.com with any questions or guest suggestions. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.